The Boston Red Sox traded Louis Urias. But how good really is the return they got on the deal? Find out on today's episode of Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed. And the best part, it's free. So you can start your day off every day with Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you for making the show your first listen of every day. Happy Monday. It's Turkey Week. Thanksgiving's almost here. What's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? I personally love the mashed potatoes the best. I've just always been a huge mashed potato fan. They are my favorite. But leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube and let me know what your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal is. Is it the turkey? Is it the stuffing? Is it the desserts, the pies? What is it? Leave it in the comments or if you're listening to this show, you can tweet at me with what your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal is and let's get into that spirit this week. The Boston Red Sox have certainly got us into some positive spirits. A few days ago, they made the first trade of Craig Breslow's tenure as the Boston Red Sox chief baseball officer. I am very excited to see that a move was actually made because when somebody new comes into a position, you wonder how good they're really going to be. Are they going to be able to go out and be aggressive, make the types of moves that is necessary for the franchise to succeed, or are they going to sit around and not really be aggressive? Now, I talked about on the show last week, Breslow did make a couple minor moves, signing some minor league players, an outfielder and a pitcher in particular, but those were more small moves. So the next thing became, what is his vision? What does he see for this team? And according to a lot of his press conferences, it seems like he really believes in this team to get back to being a contending team in 2024. And he wants to do everything he can in his power to make that happen. And on Friday, the Red Sox announced that they traded Louis Urias. Now, the thing with Urias was he didn't have a great season in 2023. And over the last few seasons, he really has been struggling. He came to the Red Sox at the trade deadline this year from the Brewers who were trying to actively get rid of him. So that's not usually a good sign that a player will perform well. To me, it seemed like the Red Sox made the move to be able to say they did something at the trade deadline. So they got Urias 
didn't really finish off the year strong. He finished the year with a 194 batting average, 28 hits, three home runs, 18 runs scored, and 18 RBIs with a 337 on base percentage and just a slight 299 slugging. He wasn't getting on base a lot. He wasn't finding a lot of success. He'll always be known as the guy who hit back-to-back grand slams, and that's what we'll remember Louis Urias as. And I'll always appreciate that as part of his tenure with the Boston Red Sox, but it was short-lived. And when it came down to the nitty-gritty of looking at the Boston Red Sox roster, what do they need to do to make themselves a contending team in 2024? Louis Urias was not part of that solution to me. He's the type of guy who you can't rely on to be able to contribute a lot. And with the fact that the Red Sox were trying to figure out their infield situation to begin with, because they need to decide if they want to commit to a new second baseman, bringing in maybe a veteran with presence and experience who can come in and provide value right away for the team. Or do they want to stick with somebody internal who's already played second base for this team in 2023? The answer is still unknown. The Red Sox haven't really said for sure what direction they want to go in when it comes to second base. I mean, there are some players who, you know, they could possibly look into trading for or signing somebody who is a free agent. Or they might decide they want to stick with Pablo Reyes or give Emmanuel Valdez more of a chance or maybe just have Sadon Rafaela play some second base. So it's not really determined yet how they're going to make that work. But trading Urias made sense because I talked about on the show the other day, the tender and non-tender deadline, basically the deadline to offer a player a contract for the next season or not. And if the Red Sox decided they weren't going to give him a contract, then trading him and getting something for him is what makes sense. Because what would have happened is if they didn't offer him a contract and they just straight up decided to not offer him a contract, he would have become a free agent. But the Red Sox wouldn't have gotten anything for him. So the fact that they were able to turn this into a trade as opposed to just non-tendering him and letting him go be a free agent and explore other options is a win in itself. Really, regardless of what the return is, the biggest thing to keep in mind here is the lack of contribution that Urias provided in a Boston Red Sox uniform overall. And yes, his defense started to grow on me towards the end of the season. He was picking things up defensively, and Trevor Story's return from injury along with Urias clicking defensively was a good combo. However, it wasn't good enough for me to say the Red Sox needed to keep him on the team past 2023. He was a good little rental while the Red Sox try to attempt to maneuver their way through this second base slash middle infield situation, but not a longer term option. Really, like I said, he struggled at the plate. He was struggling to identify what pitches he found the most success with, and he couldn't capitalize on the opportunities he was given when there were runners on base. A lot of times he would freeze and not really know what pitch 
was best for him to look for. But again, he was Mr. Grand Slam. That's what I was calling him at the end of his Red Sox tenure. And that's what he's going to be known as by Red Sox Nation. But for Boston to go out and get something for a guy who I would not have expected them to get anything for is a win in itself. And it gives me confidence that Craig Breslow can make the right decisions moving forward when it comes to the types of players that the Red Sox should be signing and acquiring for this team. Because being able to turn Urias around for some sort of value, regardless of how it pans out, is enough of a win in my book. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about the return that the Red Sox got in that trade. What does it mean for Boston? How could he help contribute? What are some things to look out for? So that's coming up next. Are you interested in sports betting or at least trying out sports betting? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then FanDuel is the way to go for you. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. One of my favorite things about FanDuel is the opportunity it gives you to bet on multiple sports at the same time. So you can have a parlay going on a busy sports night where you can maybe have a college basketball bet along with an NBA bet, a hockey bet, and a football bet. And you could win that parlay if you pick one thing correctly in each of those games. So it really doesn't take much. You could pick the best player on that team and say, yes, I think this person is going to score over 20 points tonight. And the chances of them doing that are pretty high. Like if you bet on the Bucks game and you say Giannis is going to score more than 20 tonight, it's a good chance you'll win that bet. And then if you do a football one, a lot of the common ones are betting the over-under on the total points in the game. That's a 50-50 shot. So the chances are pretty good of you winning that. And already that's two that you can win. And you can mix up what you're betting for each sport. Some are more difficult than others. But FanDuel really gives you a way to win some bonus money as well. So check out FanDuel today if you're interested at all in getting into sports betting. Also, download the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast for free of every Red Sox game straight to your phone so you don't have to miss a single pitch. It's literally as simple as just downloading the SiriusXM app and searching Red Sox in there, and then you can generate the home broadcast. So if you're driving or can't watch the game live, maybe you can listen to it and still be in on the action. So download the SiriusXM app today. The Boston Red Sox traded Louis Urias, but... What did they get in return? The Seattle Mariners are a team that for the last couple of years have really been fighting to get themselves to relevancy, a state of being a deep postseason 
team, and they aren't quite there yet. They're trying to fill in the missing pieces. They're not that far away. Their last couple seasons in 2022 and 2023 have both been very solid, but they're a couple pieces away from being a true contender. So the Mariners decided for whatever reason that they wanted Louis Urias. My guess is it's probably you know, a security blanket for them, or maybe they try to turn him around again for other pieces. But whatever the reason, the Red Sox initiated a trade with the Seattle Mariners. And in the deal, they acquired right-handed pitcher Isaiah Campbell. So Campbell made his major league debut in July of 2023 and looked good. He looked pretty prepared for that opportunity he was given. He went 4-1 and one with a 283 earned run average, 33-13 to 13 strikeout to walk ratio, 210 batting average against, and a 1.22 whip in 28 and two-thirds innings pitched. That's pretty solid for him to come up in July and make that kind of an impact so quickly is telling. Obviously, it's a small sample size. It's hard to know how a pitcher is going to pan out just based on a few months of being up at the major league level, especially when it comes to transitioning to a new system. Because keep in mind, guys who have spent a lot of their career so far in the minors and don't have a lot of that experience in Major League Baseball yet, sometimes it might take more of a transition period to get used to playing for a new club than it might for some other players who are used to moving around and transitioning to a new team and a new organization. So for Campbell, there might be some growing pains with that transition from playing in the Seattle organization to playing in Boston's organization, but he had a solid minor league career. He's 26 years old and was drafted 76th overall in the 2019 draft. Prior to getting called up to the majors, he logged a 201 ERA overall with a 106 to 25 strikeout to walk ratio, 194 batting average against, and 0.97 whip in 89 and a thirds innings across 61 career minor league appearances. That's very good. 106 to 25 strikeout to walk ratio. That alone is good because it shows that he doesn't walk a lot of hitters. And the Red Sox bullpen in particular struggled with the walks towards the end of the 2023 season. And there were a couple starters on this team in 2023 who had trouble with that too. And they would just walk too many batters. Tanner Houck was one of those guys who just really struggled with the walks. So if they can bring in a pitcher who strikes out a lot more guys compared to guys he walks. It's promising, and it's the type of guy the Red Sox need with the pitchers that they've had in the system who have had trouble with the walks. One of the other good things about him that stood out to me was he throws really hard. He's gotten up to a 95-mile-per-hour fastball with a 263 batting average against on that. He has a really scary slider and a sweeper that isn't quite there yet, but looks promising. A sweeper is essentially just a variation of a slider. So that pitch isn't quite there yet. But if he can develop that and continue to perfect it and can make that his third pitch, he can be productive because it's hard for pitchers to 
succeed at the major league level if they only have two pitches that they're throwing very well. So he would need to develop a third pitch in order to contribute a lot more than he has been. And not that he's been bad. Obviously, his minor league career is promising and even his short stint in the majors. But in order to have that longevity of seeing a lineup the third time through, you really need to have a third pitch. And we've seen this problem with Tanner Houck. He only really had two pitches that he could throw well to the point where every time he sees the lineup the third time, and it's still an issue to this day, he struggles and he kind of falls apart because the other lineup gets acclimated and gets used to seeing him. So he has a hard time changing up his pitches at that point. So in order to be successful, you need a third pitch. And the fact that that sweeper that Campbell has is already promising is very good for Boston. And hopefully the Red Sox can work with him and figure out the best way to adjust his habits and continue to work on that pitch in particular so that he can get it perfected by the time he gets some more reps in the majors in Boston. If he continues to produce the way that he is, he can be scary out of the bullpen. And obviously he wouldn't start off in really high pressure situations, but if he can produce the way that he has been, he'll eventually probably end up in a high leverage role along with pitchers like Chris Martin and Tanner Houck if they move him back to the bullpen. He's still in the pre-arbitration process, so he'll be under team control for a while now, just the foreseeable future. Um, and it's honestly a good return for Boston. Um, you know, it's always hard to know for sure how a player is going to pan out. Like I said, adjusting to a new system or maybe getting injuries or a number of things can happen. But like I said, at the top of the show, the Red Sox couldn't be greedy when it came to a return for Louis Urias because his value wasn't high and Urias was going to be a free agent after 2024 anyway. And the Red Sox were going to non-tender him likely as it is because they didn't really have a spot for him. So to turn him around for a pitcher with some upside who definitely has talent is promising. And I've talked about it before when Craig Breslow was hired he definitely has an eye for good pitching. That's one of the strengths that he can bring into this franchise for a team that has struggled the last few years with their pitching staff, being able to bring somebody in who has a knack for pitching because that's his specialty is a valuable trait for him. And so he obviously saw something in Isaiah Campbell that he wanted. So he was able to get him in return. So I'm rooting for the kid. Hopefully he can continue to grow and develop in the Red Sox organization. And who knows, maybe in 2024, he'll see some time in the majors. But if he continues to do what he's been doing, I have no doubts that he can succeed in this organization. Coming up, I'm going to be giving my early predictions for the Red Sox 2024 team MVPs, both for a position player and for a pitcher. So stay tuned because you won't want to miss that. And you also won't want to miss this exciting news. Locked On is actually the first 
ever sports network to launch a national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This is very exciting for Locked On as a network because nobody else has done it before. And so for us to have the opportunity to do that before anybody else is truly a blessing. So I highly encourage you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Today and you can get that 24-7 streaming service. I also encourage you to download the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game to your phone so you don't have to miss a single pitch. And if the Red Sox do what I think they're going to do this offseason, they will have a fun time in 2024. So you absolutely won't want to miss the action. So be sure to download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox and you can get that home broadcast of every game so you don't have to worry about it. Don't forget as well, you can get Locked On Red Sox any day of the week, Monday through Friday, to your favorite podcast feed, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am here Monday through Friday with all the Red Sox coverage you can possibly imagine, and I am here for the ride. If there's a move that might not be great or a move that is really exciting, I'll be here for it all. The bigger moves are coming, folks. I'm really confident that they are, so you won't want to miss it. So continue to share Lockdown Red Sox with your friends and family. Leave a review, leave a rating, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at GabbyRobot10 and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. And we can continue the conversation that way too, because it's always fun to have that open dialogue with people to really feel like we're sharing our thoughts with others. So I highly encourage you to follow me on Twitter. I'm always looking to connect with and meet new Red Sox fans. So do that today as well. I mentioned the Boston Red Sox 2024 season. I expect it to be a lot better than 2023 was. I'm looking at a team that wins at least 90 games. 90 is my bar for 2024. I think they win 90 plus games, earn a wild card spot and make the postseason. And I say earn a wild card spot because it seems like on paper winning over 90 games should be enough to win your division, but not when you're in the AL East. It's a very competitive division. The Orioles will be competitive again. The Blue Jays probably will be. They've seemed to underperform a little bit compared to the talent level on that team, but I think they'll still be in the mix in 2024. The Rays, I think, will be good in 2024. They're always kind of pesky. They didn't have as good of a season in 2023 as they had hoped after the start that they had to the season, but they ended up in the playoffs still, obviously got eliminated in the wild card round. Um, so the question becomes, what's next for Tampa Bay? I don't know, but I think they'll be competitive. The Yankees need to make some serious moves for me to be moved by them. But either way, I think the winner of the AL East wins over 95 games, and I think the Red Sox have a good chance to win over 90 and claim a wild card spot if they pull their cards right this offseason, which I'm putting my faith in Craig Breslow, and I'm trusting that he will. So when this is all said and done, assuming he makes the right kinds of moves that he needs to make in 2024, who will be the Red Sox team MVP from a position player standpoint? There are so many options here that 
I can think of for this that could be good. There's the obvious choice in Rafael Devers, who just signed a major contract with the team and can come up in big moments and can be that guy and will be that guy for years to come, hopefully as a team leader down the road. There's Jaron Duran, who went on an absolute tear in 2023 and might be able to continue that in 2024 with his athleticism and the confidence that he seemed to build. Tristan Casas, who also has built some confidence in 2023 and just continues on an upward trajectory. So there are a few options for this, but my 2024 team MVP from a position player standpoint is Tristan Casas. I think he's going to absolutely go off in 2024. Now that he had a 2023 season where he really gave rookie of the year honors a run for their money. I mean, Gunnar Henderson deserved the honor for the American league. But Tristan really did give him a run for his money. And I think his 2024 season is only going to go up from there now that he has that full season under his belt and he's gained that confidence and he's figured out what works for him. So I think he's going to have a 2024 season to remember. Um, and I would look out for him. He could even have an all-star caliber season in 2024. I think it's very possible from a position player standpoint. I still think Raphael Devers is going to be a huge contribution to this Boston Red Sox team. But when I'm looking at the overall picture of what the Boston Red Sox do, the guy who I think I'm going to look back on at the end of the 2024 season and say was the team MVP, I have to go with Casas for that. From a pitcher standpoint, the person that I have to go with for team MVP right now, it's so hard to say because there's a lot of good pitchers that could come to Boston, their rotation and bullpen still are very much not fully set yet. They definitely, I anticipate, will make some more moves before they call it a day with this offseason, especially moves to that pitching staff. Um, but when it's all said and done, um, if I had to go off of the pitchers that they have right now on the team, I'm going to have to go with Chris Martin again. I think he's just too good. I think um, the season he had in 2023 being literally the best reliever in baseball, having the best ERA in baseball is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, he's only gained more and more confidence. He's obviously well acclimated and well versed to playing in Boston. Um, you know, hopefully he comes back and has a season to be remembered in 2024. I was surprised in the best way possible by the season he had in 2023. I did not expect it to be that good. I don't think anybody really anticipated it to be that good, but he really did have a great season. And I'm hoping that continues because the Red Sox really used him as their secret weapon out of the bullpen in 2023. Whenever there was a situation where the Red Sox needed somebody to come out of the bullpen and be clutch and be that guy to get the job done in a high leverage situation, Chris Martin was always the guy that I would point to and say, I want him on the mound. So hopefully he has another season like this year. If he does, he, to me, is my pitching MVP for 2024. Someone who I think is an honorable mention that has a lot of potential in 2024 is Brian Bayo. He seems to only be going up in terms of his trajectory 
and his improvement. I think with the right pitching coach in there, being able to work with him and help him through his development of figuring out what his mechanics he needs to improve on and what he is doing well and really hone in on his strengths and weaknesses. I think he can do so much. I know people were starting to get a little less excited about him towards the end of the season, which I get because again, his daytime starts were not good and he struggled to really find some consistency in the last couple months really of the season um, but overall, you have to look at the overall picture of what he did in 2023, and it was a big improvement from 2022. So because of that, I think he'll show even more improvement in 2024. And the fact that he was able to show the improvement that he did with Dave Bush as the pitching coach, who obviously didn't have a great track record of growing pitchers and really catering to their strengths, I think with a better fit for a pitching coach in there, he can absolutely just take off and be that guy that Red Sox fans have always needed him to be. So because of that, I think my honorable mention for 2024 team MVP would be Brian Bayo. But I'm looking at this team and saying there could be a ton of talent on this team. If they make the right kinds of moves, I think there's a lot of guys who could be up for discussion in this so I wouldn't rule anybody out yet, but it's going to be an exciting offseason to see who they can add to what already has a good core of talent on this roster. So go Craig Breslow. I believe in you. Don't forget to download the SiriusXM app and you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game to your feed so you don't have to miss a single pitch or a single game. And who would want to miss a game, especially in 2024, when I think it's going to be a much better season. So I highly encourage you to download the Sirius XM app today. And also while you're at it, subscribe to Lockdown Sports today. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It really is a great service, and you won't be disappointed. You won't ever have to be out of the loop on sports-related things. So go to YouTube and subscribe to Lockdown Sports today. Keep the faith. As always, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.